Kimbrell deals an 0-1. That's into center field. It's down. In the score is Smith. And the Diamondbacks walk off the Phillies in game three. Cattell Marte takes a victory lap. 2-2 pitch to Jose Abreu. Hammered the left center field. Way back there. It is gone. Second pitch. Two on one. Terry gets on his horse across the line with Carlson. Carlson scores! First NHL goal for the second overall pick. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go. It's Friday. Time to tear up the old pea patch. Clicker in a schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Good morning, uh, Edmonton and area and wherever you are listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you spending some time with us on a Friday morning after another tough, tough, tough night for the Oilers. A 4-1 defeat in Philadelphia. Uh, man, oh man. 1-3 to start the season. And... Uh, the look on my co-host's face says it all as we uh, welcome in former CFLer and double ear, Eddie Steele. Good morning to you, Eddie. How are you? Good morning, good morning. Rise and shine. Good to be with you. Well, it's uh, good for you. Good for us to have you with us, for sure. Um, Matt, it, this is almost going to be like a replay of what we talked about last Friday at the start. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just disappointment. Uh, again, we're talking about the same things that we spoke about last week. Effort, the little things, things that are mm-hmm. controllable. And they went out and, quite honestly, they laid an egg, especially in that third period. So... You know, you can. It's a telltale sign uh, when the comms uh, department from the Oilers, uh, you get a text sent out. There's a group text for the media. It kind of lets everybody know what's going on and and things like that. Well, the little, not that I had it on, but a little dinger goes off at two seventeen in the morning today. Practice at one o'clock. Media to follow. Uh, so that's after a flight from Philadelphia. Mm. So. Not too happy about proceedings. Not too happy about where the team is, obviously. Uh, text lines open, one 401 What is your concern level? Uh, we said it again last week. Uh, after a, well, one and three start to the season. Um, yeah, not enough fire. Not enough energy last night. Um, reactive instead of proactive. Uh, the urgency has not been there at all, really, um, in the four games. Yeah. In when you look at what happened in Nashville, it was a good first period and a coast from there. I mean, four nothing after mm-hmm. uh, the first period, and then it's it's a two one game the rest of the way. So, are you even happy with that effort despite a six one uh, victory? Um, we've talked about it for probably a month now, Eddie. When you're a team that has and I don't know if it's a target or a bullseye, but every pundit, every fan, everyone across the league has said that the Oilers are a top five team to contend for the Stanley Cup. Odds makers say it. Everyone says it. So you're not sneaking up on anybody. Every team is looking out for you. So when you're in that position as a former pro athlete, what's your mindset about the 
fact that you have to bring it every game, every shift. The reality is this. uh, Everybody's been pumping the tires and we're all human. And for the most part, as much as we say that uh, we neglect the press clippings, we hear about it. We hear about Mm -hmm. the noise. And when I say we being an athlete, so these guys, the Oilers, they've been hearing all the noise about how they're a cup favorite, a cup contender, a top five team. And uh, you're going to get every team's best when you are in that position. And I think there's we've seen thus far that they're just trying to show up and they're trying to rest on their laurels and rest on what everybody's been saying in terms of how good this team really is. But you can't just show up. You can't just show up in any type of pro sport. Even if you're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, you can't just show up. And we've seen that. Flyers went uh, basically to five defensemen. Five. Um Stahl was hurt uh, in the first period. Sanheim played 27 minutes. York played 26 and a half minutes. So here's a guy. York is a guy that's played about, I don't know, not even 100 games in the NHL. Sanheim's a little more of a, a veteran player. They had a very a young rookie uh, defenseman. So they almost went down to four defensemen for almost, I don't know, two and a half periods. Uh the Oilers couldn't exploit that because they never pushed the play. They mm-hmm. never uh, initiated. They never went hard to the net. Uh, you know what? E- even there were no scrums again. There's no. There wasn't that battle. Uh, I mean, use that first shift against Vancouver in game number two. Well, one of the you things know? too that I heard uh, after they went down uh, 0-2 to Vancouver to start the season, uh, I heard Spec talk about it. I've heard you talk about it. I've heard other people talk about it. What this team needs to do, and I've heard it from the players in Jay Woodcroft's mouth as well, they need to get gritty. They need to get in front of the net. Lo and behold, they do that. Hyman's done that, yeah. and it's been positive. He so, gets the goal last night. Exactly. And, and, on, and to make it, you know, to get back in the game, but Again, never connected shifts again, never got things going. Uh, texts coming in from Harry uh, Kane and Brown struggling, yes, for sure. Uh, what a time to give up that goal. I'm concerned about an NHL goalie not knowing his angles. I believe he's talking about the uh, shorthanded goal by Sean Walker. I mean, Evan Bouchard had a rough night. Everyone knows it. He knows it. Um, that shorthanded goal, though, came off a turnover from your Connor best player. McDavid, yeah, Connor McDavid turned the puck over. Um, and it ended up to be a, a Sean Walker goal who's, I mean, this is a defenseman joining the play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know what, if you look at the first goal, probably should have been a penalty on a pick. Uh, Brett Kulik was picked um, by Brink, Bobby Brink. Um, and Farabee scores to make it one nothing, but probably it could have easily been called a, a pick. And you could see the... Um, the look and the disgust and, and the disappointment on, on Kulak's expression. Um, they just didn't, you know, he couldn't rebound after that, even in the second period. The concerning part was when on the second goal uh, and you saw Evander Keane and Connor McDavid collide, and that kind of looked like it could be bad. And then it was just a total jailbreak from there because McDavid goes off. It's basically, a, I don't know, it's it could be, about a, it's not a three on one, but it's a three on one possession wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Bouchard has the puck and gives it up. Yeah. Just just coughs it up to Owen Tippett. Next thing you know, it's in the back, mm-hmm. and then it's two nothing. So, and that's a player too. Yeah. You know, we don't want to 
rag a guy, but you are what you are right now in Bouchard, I think, on the year minus six. Uh, but forget the numbers, analytics. The, for me, it's the optics, the eye test, and just the um, the give-a-crap factor. Just I know he's a cool cat and stuff, but you got to have mm-hmm. some sort of body language. To me, the, he's like a, a mummy out there with absolutely no body language, no sign of life. It's fair. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, and there are a lot of them. Uh, Rockford says, "I hate the sentiment of waiting for the team to wake up, and uh, have no need to panic." Vancouver and Philadelphia should have been points in the bank. Make a move sooner than later. Philly and San Jose are open to taking on contracts for picks and prospects. Um, as you said when we came in, right now the Oilers are eight points back, eight points back of Vegas. For first in the division. Bye-bye. We haven't even played a week and a half. That that, that, that race is over, essentially. If Vegas is wouldn't say gonna, that, Eddie. wouldn't say that. But, because but you, Vegas you, isn't going to slow down either. Well, Things there, happen. There are ebbs and flows. It's a long season. Um, you know, you can make up ground. Obviously, uh, yeah. I, they're I have the to defending disagree. champs, though. I, they are. But they're going to have a... They're going to have a lull too. Absolutely, every, every team does it. Absolutely, it just you cannot keep the pedal to the metal, uh, and and you know if you're going to win seven out of ten games, that gives you fifty six wins. So let's look at it like this then, based off the small sample size of five games we've seen from each club. Um, Vegas, they're not even they're playing good hockey, mm-hmm. but again. They're deeper, for sure. We've seen that. They can roll out four lines confidently. Uh, but they play with a certain tenacity that the Oilers can't even effort to show up with against Philadelphia. So for me, I look at it, oh, sure, it's a long season, the lulls and the highs and the lows, but based off the hockey teams that I've been seeing, it's not even comparable right now. And they're on two different planets. Compro Evolution texts in to one 1440 They could use a high-energy fourth line. Uh, something like Calgary has it creates a spark when the big guys are down. Well, the the least of the Oilers' problems right now is the fourth line because every time the fourth line does come on, it do, they do generate a, a bit of a spark. Uh, look, for example, Derek Ryan going to the net last night draws a penalty. Oilers' power play was only 0 for 2 last night. You have to give some credit to Philadelphia here. Played a very well dis- – some, some credit to Philadelphia. You have to. Very well disciplined game. Torts. Uh, um, they they played their game plan to a T. Stayed out of the box um, because, you know, just two power play chances. That's that's a pretty good indication of discipline for sure. Um, Eden, father of Arius. No relation. Good morning. I'm concerned fans believe we can win with Nurse and Bouchard in our top four. Eden, father of Arius. Uh, concern level is zero from Victor. I don't judge or form opinions until at least game 20. Sample size is too small for the start of the year. I realize about we are. I realize without overanalyzing, we'd have boring radio, but I trust Woodcroft. I trust this team. They will sort it out and find their form. Um, again, uh, Oilers lose 4-1. Dropped one and three. Winnipeg is here Saturday. Uh, then another quick one gamer to Minnesota, which is, it doesn't seem like it's a, a far trip, but it is just the way it is with the travel and the border to zip over for one game. Uh, the Rangers are here uh, next week. Then um, the Heritage Classic on the 29th. Uh, just as a heads up, we're going to have uh, Kevin Lowe in studio next Monday to talk about the Heritage Classic along with uh 
Myrna Khan from the Oilers Entertainment Group to talk about, uh, uh, well, there's a big shaker going on on Friday night, next Friday. Uh, we will address that and and uh, check things out. And again, another big surprise for you, Eddie, hopefully in the seven to nine hour today. I couldn't believe what happened to me this week. I could not believe it. It was just unbelievable. I can't wait. So a nice surprise, hopefully, for Eddie Steele uh, uh, checking in here in the studios. <laughs> and you should see Eddie. He's just he's going... You gotta tell me. Come on, what's uh, who, who doesn't love a surprise? Tell yes. your boy, Kevin. Tell no, your boy. Maybe, maybe in the break. Well, guess who's? We're gonna have Jason Greger on seven twenty today, uh, which will be. You know, it's funny sometimes when you're sitting in this chair, you have to kind of be the moderator. You're you got your eyes on this. You got your eyes on your guest. I'm kind of getting a little body language off of you where you want to go. I check out the Duke here once in a while. Oh, but, hey, Duke, how was L.A. last night? The Duke of Delburn was in L.A. last night. Laduke A.B. Yeah, Laduke Alberta, yeah, Laduke, man. Laduke, Laduke <laughs> I drive. I took, the, I took the alternative route down from West Edmonton down to Highway 60 past oh, Devon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I got to go past uh, Alberta number one. Uh, oil Derek there was still light enough to see that as I cruised down. But no, always a great night at the brew house. The game turned out to be a little more exciting than it kind of looked early on. The Saints mm-hmm. made a good comeback, but came up short. And, uh, and the Jags continue to roll. Trevor Lawrence sure didn't look like his knee was hurt. That's for sure. He was scrambling all yes. over the place. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Um, we will uh, talk about that with the Duke and, and uh, Eddie a little bit later in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, coming up, as we said, Jason Greger from the Jason Greger Show uh, right away at 7.20. Uh, we had Scott Taylor on last week, but the time just kind of flew by. And uh, for those of you that maybe missed last Friday, uh, Scott Taylor... Uh, from Winnipeg, interviewed Eddie when he was even back in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, boy. Yeah, and then uh, obviously when you were with the Bisons and then, you know, in, into the CFL. So pretty neat to, in the sense that uh, you're going kind of way back with, and this is, a, Scott Taylor's been, you know, he's almost like the godfather of doing radio hits. He's been at it forever. 30 years ago. And there's plenty to talk about coming yeah. out of Winnipeg. Well, I mean, between the Jets and the Jets again are here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the Blue Bombers are looking pretty good going in. Yep. Um, There's some things I want to ask them just oh, about good. the attendance. Okay. Uh, you know, I think we've seen the pictures floating around. Dropping uh, off. Yeah, with the Jets attendance. But mm-hmm. strikingly is... Everybody typically says the CFL is a dying dinosaur league. The Bombers are going for their fifth straight sellout of 32,000. So interesting there. Mm, okay. Um, Arif Hassan from Wide Left. Uh, we'll uh, check in at 9 o'clock. Basically talking NFL. We'll probably focus a little bit on the uh, on the uh, Minnesota Vikings as well. Uh, we'll check in with some baseball in the uh, 9 o'clock hour as well. Uh, Kelly Rudy from Hockey Night in Canada. Man, he guested with us a few weeks ago with Grant Fuhrer. And uh, Kelly, I think, while well, he was in Buffalo last night for the Flames game, I would assume he goes to the studio in Toronto now for Saturday, for tomorrow, and then Calgary plays in Detroit on Sunday afternoon. How's that for a schedule? Is that correct, Duke? Am I, am I yeah, correct? Yeah, when, uh, when Kelly hops on this, he's going to be on the way from Buffalo to Toronto. So uh, okay. very kind of Kelly to take yeah. a little time for us. Awesome. All right, now this thing that you and uh, the former... Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley lined up. Patty from the Canadian Brew House. 40-ounce steak night. What's this going? What's this is? Look at Eddie. He's just like his mouth is watering. Eddie, Eddie I did my absolute best to get this uh, teed up for while you would be with us. If you want to hang around for a couple extra hours this morning. Are they cooking him in here? No, oh. no. I'd, 
I don't know how they manage it. You get a little hibachi, man. The timing is perfect because I did just down a ribeye last night. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, it's the brew house's uh, 40-ounce steak night tomorrow, so Patty's going to swing by. He's been a great uh, friend of the program, getting uh, Connor and I some prizing lined up for our hockey pool and things like that, and so he just wants to come in and do a little little, um, promo for the night. They still got a few tickets left. I know when I was at the one location last week, they were down to their last 15 tickets for the event. 40-ouncer. yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna pop by with a couple, and you and I are gonna size them up and uh, see what we can make of it. Okay. Could you sleep after eating a forty ounce again? No, no, not a <laughs> chance. I got I can put some back though. I mean, we had I think I had about fourteen pieces of pizza at the pig out thing. So nice, I'd yeah. be sweating. <laughs> yeah, and Matt. Uh, sorry, Mike Englehart uh, from EA Sports, a new NHL game coming out for EA Sports. Uh, when we come back, we will check in with Jason Greger, the host of the Jason Greger Show, right here on Sports 1440. Uh, coming up right after the break. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. 719 in uh, the Capital Region. Kevin Carries along with uh, Eddie Steele on a Friday morning. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to 25% off select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in the uh, host of our afternoon drive show here on sports 1440 jason gregor gregs i never thought we would have a dexie's midnight runner uh, sh- uh like a a song intro for you uh, is that is that kind of was that your request coming in this morning or what no that was the duke oh. i uh i let i let them choose the music oh i thought non-request maybe request guy really you're you're not a non-request guy yeah i i trust them to pick uh, good tunes that was a good song so you like Dexy's Midnight Runners? Well, that's the only song I know from Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> that's the only. It's the song that everyone knows. That's the only song they did, I think. <laughs> well, there you go. So yeah. So uh, well, you watched the game last night, and I'm sure you have the same opinion as pretty well everyone else. Just not not enough right now. How does this team kind of get enough? Fair to say. Well. Let's start with anybody suggesting that it's just goaltending. They got to you got to grab a clue because trust me, it is far from just goaltending. Sure, Jack Campbell would like the third goal back, hundred percent. But so would Connor McDavid like the pass back. So would Evan Bouchard like some of his defensive plays back. So would the orders. Uh, the the stat that probably concerned me the most was the orders have really been leaky in slot shots, which are the most uh, dangerous place to give up shots. The last two games, and I know they won in Nashville, the last two games they've been outshot 39-20 from the slot. And in the third period last night, the slot shots after 40 minutes were 9-9. Now it's a 3-1 to one game. The orders should be desperate. They got outshot 13 nothing from the slot mm-hmm. in the third period. Like, so I'm sorry. They, there's there's not enough emotion, energy. You pick the word that you want to describe it for the Edmonton Orders. And, you know, when uh, when Jay Woodcroft is uh, dropping F-bombs after the game, uh, you know, he's frustrated. And, you know, to their credit, at least McDavid admitted it's not close enough. But the Orders, their goal at the start of the season was to put themselves in the best position to have success in the playoffs. And historically, that means home ice advantage guys pass the first round. Well, they're already eight points back of Vegas. They do have a game in hand. And they're six back of Colorado. Well, those are the two teams they lost to the last two years in the playoffs. And uh, those two teams were both very good at home in the playoffs. So, you know what? You can't you can't lose a Stanley Cup early on. Can't win a Stanley Cup early on. But you can make it way harder. And so far, that's what the orders are doing. 
Morning, Gregs. Eddie Steele here. Uh, I just <laughs> wanted to ask you real quick. You touched about uh, it's not all on the goaltending. Uh, I want to talk about the defensive scheme because we all know it's well noted they changed uh, to more of a zone type of a scheme. Uh, with this poor uh, defensive showing that we've seen thus far this season, is that more just is it the zone scheme or is it the execution of it? Well, I think it's both because to be honest, well, and I don't even know if it's a zone scheme. Like these guys have played different. There's only so many defensive systems in the NHL, right? Like you talk to players. It's not like it's they've never played something like this before, right? Um, they're, they're, to me, they're getting killed off the rush more than they are in long-standing defensive zone structures where – because if you look at the puck possession of the opposition in the offensive zone, Edmonton usually has the puck more. Than, than the opposition does where like look at the goals last night off the rush were uh two or three of them so that's that's not really a zone system there um they're at times sure where maybe guys are hesitating a bit because they're thinking and you played so you would know you're your best when you're just reacting and not thinking and it's early in the year so that might come but to me i just don't think they've worked hard enough early on well, that's in my mind. That's all it is. Is they are not working hard enough in all facets of the game, whether wherever it is. You can implement whatever system you want, whatever. If you want to call it this, call it that. But if you do not play defense hard, you aren't going to win. Ken Holland said it the best last year in the playoffs, right after they were eliminated. Playing defense is hard. Playing defense is hard. He said it about ten times in his final uh, media conference, Greg. So. If you are not committed to playing it to uh, when you playing it as as much as as hard as you can when you have the puck, because that's easy. It's easy mm-hmm. to play with when you have the puck. When you don't have the puck, that's when it makes it difficult. These guys just haven't bought in enough in the sense where they're not doing everything they possibly can at that point of the game to get the puck back or to defend. Uh, properly. Uh, a lot of people, Greg's have been, uh, you know, they've been all over Bouchard today, but um, is there, I mean, is it just a fact where he's, do you think he's trying too hard? Uh, off the top, Eddie Steele says he doesn't like his body language. It's been like that since he's entered the NHL. It's going back to junior. Um, is he not uh, engaged enough? Uh, what, what are you seeing, uh, you know, from, from Evan Bouchard? Well, I think you look at Bouchard and there isn't a lot of urgency. He's a pretty calm personality. And I think that shows on the ice. And like you look at the plays, uh, the second goal in Vancouver on opening night, right? Like that's a simple dump in. He's well before to the puck and he just loses the battle with really no effort given it looked like anyway, to try to win the puck back. And then, you know, usually puck handling when he has the puck, that's Bouchard's best skill set. Well, he fumbles that puck just inside the blue line and, and he was pressured a bit, but not enough for a, you know, an elite puck moving defenseman to be worried about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, then the, the pass through the middle, um, you know, he got beat by that's a pretty good pass by Philadelphia, but you're talking yeah, about anticipate. You, sorry to interrupt. Anticipate. Are you talking about the fourth goal last night? Yeah. He didn't okay. anticipate it very well. Um, but to me, I was more like the, the first one where, you know, after McDavid and Kane ran into each other and Bouchard kind of fumbles it, you know, to me, that's just a lack of focus mm-hmm. more than anything else. And, and Evan Bouchard, if there's one criticism that's been fairly consistent about his game is at times there's a lack of urgency. Like 
and, and the organization even talked about it when he was young. They're like, hey, man, we want you to go back to the puck with more authority so you can make plays quicker. And, you know, he's improved on that. But when he's not on his game, that's the one thing that stands out like a sore thumb is you see Bouchard and he looks lackadaisical at times. I'm not sure he's lackadaisical, but that's how it looks. And that's how it comes across. And and he's got to be better. But I would argue, guys, that like we talk about the defense. The Oilers have six goals, five on five. Mm-hmm. They're the fifth highest scoring team in the NHL last year, five on five. Um, outside of Zach Hyman, they're not getting enough production across the board. That includes McDavid, right? That Because, you know, Drysaddle, they had the one game. But Drysaddle, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, the bottom six don't have a goal yet. So to me, as much as their offense is an issue, this is across the board. And maybe that's a good thing. There's very few guys that can wake up this morning and be like, hey, you know what? I've had a pretty good start to the season. I think that list is really, really short. I think it's very short. I don't even know if there's anyone on it, to be honest with you. When you mentioned the 4 1 goal, Griggs, actually, if you really look at it, Bouchard took himself out of the play. Uh, yes. He took himself out of the play along the boards, basically two, three cross cuts too far over, and that caused him to be not in the middle. That would have taken away the pass. So he took himself out of the play, resulting in the opportunity for uh, Tippett to make the nice pass to uh, Atkinson. So, oh, we got a special guest coming into the studio. <laughs> we'll have to get to that in a second. It's uh, Edgar from Bonton Bakery, uh, Greg, so you got to be happy about that. Uh, Leave a few for the afternoon show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're, we'll talk about that when we cut you loose. Well, can but, I just jump yeah, in yeah, here? Sure. Um, I mean, we talked about it, the the short list of guys and, and the positives. And look, I don't know hockey the way you guys know it, but I do know it to a degree. And my biggest thing when I watch sports is the eye test. And there are a couple of guys who are kind of, they're not jumping out, but I'm seeing some positivity. I want to hear what you guys have to think, uh, to have to say about your thoughts on Holloway and Fogel so far because they have kind of jumped out to me a little bit at least in some degree of positivity you go first Greg. yeah holloway you know what that him and actually connor brown funny enough i know he hasn't done anything but connor brown's like uh being on the ice for almost twice as many shots for than against and when he plays with mcleod and holloway that trio even when fogel was there they're they're doing more positive, but eventually you have to score. It's part of your job. It's great to outshoot the opposition. That's nice, but eventually you got to bear down. But I haven't noticed many um, you know lackluster efforts from Fogel or Holloway. Like their their work ethic seems fine. I haven't seen any major gaffes with the puck. So so that is a positive sign, right? Zach Hyman to me has been another guy I'd put on that list. I think Hyman's had a pretty good start to the season at even strength anyway. But I it, it's just it's it's a short list and. Um, you know, you look at, at your bottom six and, and even the third line, like it's great. And, and I know that people will say, Hey, if the chances are, are coming, then that's a positive and eventually they'll score. And, and there is some truth to that, but that can't extend into game five or game six or game seven or game eight. At, at some point, part of your job when you're a Ford is to bear down on your chances and you got to shoot. You can't keep hitting guys right in the pads or hit them in the chest. So I like all the effort. You're right, Eddie. But I think there's still the finishing touches on the execution. Now, Fogel does have a goal, so that's good. But, you know, I, I think there could be a little bit finer tuned on the execution of finishing plays. I like the way that that uh, Fogel has started the season. I think there's a lot more to give. And especially when you are a player and you get the promotion to play with a couple of guys that he did play with in the past, and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman, you even have to take that a step further. 
I mean, you have to go to the point where I don't want to give that position up. It's always about upward pressure. The fourth line, the players never want to stay in the fourth line. If they can keep pushing the guys on the third line, and that's exactly what Fogel did in the sense. He pushed Connor Brown out of the top six. It's that simple. Uh, but if he can continue that, he's got to he's got to maintain that. Um, Holloway, uh, I think there's a little more awareness on the ice of where his teammates are, I think, in the offensive zone. I think if he can uh, get, grasp that and play more as a unit, I see a little more, uh, and it's a good thing, uh, don't get me wrong, I see a little more individuality with trying to, Holloway trying to make something happen and not maybe using his teammates as much uh, in, in support roles, uh, whether it be in the forecheck, whether it be getting a puck out or, or trying to set someone up. So I uh, wanted to get, get your thoughts on the start of Evander Kane, Greg's. Well, it's got to be better. There's no question about it. Um, you know, and, and Kane himself has said his wrist, you know what? He feels fine. His strength is there. So he doesn't want to use an excuse. So I'm not going to use an excuse. Mm-hmm. He's got to be more engaged. Like, you know what? If, if sometimes you're not going to score, Evander Kane has the tools in his toolbox to be a physical, intimidating presence, you know, to get in on some scrums, be vocal, add some juice to your team. Like the orders at times have been flat. Like, you know, get a scrum in there. Um, face wash somebody there now Philly had one line and they're physical and Sealer's pretty tough, but mm-hmm. you know what? You, the jets coming in here and not a team that's blessed with a bunch of guys, like try to intimidate someone. So if the puck isn't going in, you have to find a way to contribute more. And Kane to me, I, I would definitely put on the list of wanting a lot more from him through four games. He's got to pick up the pace. Um, I understand that he's comfortable here. I read specs article the other day and you know, that's all good, but you can't get too comfortable here. Uh, they need more from him without question. We've heard so many of the common sentiments with this team. Effort, compete level, not engaged, uh, poor body language, playing flat. And these aren't things that we should be associating with with a, a quote-unquote championship caliber team that everybody's expecting this team to beat. We talk about Vegas and we look at Vegas, how they're already 10 points up. You mentioned Oilers have a game in – or sorry, eight points up. Uh, and Vegas has Oilers have a game in hand. Uh, with getting out of this type of slow start, this funk that seems to be around this team right now, is it just coaching harder? Uh, is it just the players need to get to the tougher areas of the ice, need to just pull up their socks? Is that really what it comes down to? Oh, I just think Edmonton, they got to play with more urgency. Like, go back to the game two at home. First shift of the game, they overwhelm the Canucks. They're all over them. It results in a goal. They're pounding it at home. It's not a pretty goal. It's a hardworking goal. I don't know if there was many shifts. Now, the orders I thought, played well enough to win that game, no question. But last night, was there ever a time where you could say the orders had consecutive shifts where they had Philadelphia on their heels? Mm-hmm. I don't recall it, right? Like, Edmonton has the talent to do it, but you need to – they need to skate harder. To me, um, I still see they're, they're missing a few passes, which is off, like guys that are open, and then all of a sudden the pass is in their skates, and, and that completely slows the pace down. And now what could have been a dangerous rush just becomes a whole hum rush and nothing occurs. But I just look at where they're losing battles on the ice right now. There's too many of them. And and I get that they're a patient group. And I get that they understand that, hey, you can't win the cup in October. That's all true. But you want to create some pieces to their foundation. 
And they've talked everything very well, but so far it's been a lot of talk and no action. They need more action starting tomorrow against Winnipeg. Jason Greger from the Jason Greger Show, uh, 2 to 6 here on Sports 1440. A whole bunch of texts to get to, and we will in a second. IMAC Renting, Rob, Gordoyle, K-Fed, Jamie. Want to sort of switch gears here a tiny bit. This one comes in from Corey uh, for uh, our listeners and for you, Gregs, I guess. The order should watch... Shorzy to learn how to set the tone, um, which kind of I wanted to address. What's it like to have Terry Ryan on your show a couple of days a week? Uh, of course, uh, Shorzy, you know, it's kind of like a, a kind of a cult show on TV, I guess. But uh, what's it been like, I guess, to have uh, Terry Ryan a couple of days a week on your show? Well, I got to know Terry um, the last few years, really. It started when we, he was at the Scotia Pro and we sat on the bus and we just ended up talking. That's when he was starting his podcast many years ago. And we've always stayed in touch since then. So uh, I really like Terry. He's got a good sense of humor, uh, pretty well thought out, uh, doesn't take himself too seriously. He always has a lot of fun with uh, with Shorzy. But you know what? It's been really good. I enjoy working with Terry. He's getting more comfortable all the time. He's got good insights, got some uh, good stories that he can tell. And, you know, it, it's funny because – you know, he was a guy who who was a really good goal scorer. He scored 50 goals in junior mm-hmm. and is an eighth overall draft pick and then is fighting like 25 times. Like it's – there's somebody who uh, – he was never afraid to, to get outside your comfort zone. And and I think that that's a little bit what the orders need to do right now is get outside their comfort zone. Um, You can't play comfortable in the NHL too often. You, you have to be – I'm sure it's no different than anyone you played – you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That right? chills happens, down my right? spine like, when you said that. It's so true, Jason. Yeah, like that's and the orders right now, to me, are looking comfortable when they're comfortable, mm-hmm. and they're not, and and they've shown it in the past. So I'm not I'm not pushing the panic button on the season, but it's more so the longer this goes, the harder it's going to be for them to reach their ultimate goal, which is the Stanley Cup, because they're likely not going to have home ice advantage past the first round. And I think that's a realistic thing that they have to consider. Now I know you can't win all of your games. In October, but look at Vegas. Like they just tied the Oilers' record for best start to a season after winning the Stanley Cup. Like we we hear all the time about, wow, maybe there's a hangover, all this, blah blah. Well, Vegas has come out and they're just like, hey, we showed up last night. They got depth scoring up and down their lineup. Everybody's playing well and they're rolling. And yeah, sure, when you win, you can say it's easy, but history doesn't tell us that. And the Oilers should be the team that's pissed off and desperate and says, man, we want what Vegas has. And so far through four games, it's not remotely close to the level that they're capable of because we saw it last year. They can defend better. They can score better. They can have more consistent goaltending. You know, there's just, there's very few elements of their game right now. If any, that I would say, wow, this has been consistent through four games. Like I'd argue there's none offensively or defensively. And I just, I just don't want to hear about goaltending. It's not just goaltending. No, it's it's, it's everything. I mean, and again, it's high time to get mad, to get upset, and move forward here. I mean, it's four games already. Let's go. So, uh, hey, Greg, uh, thanks for coming on this morning. Uh, hey, you no know, problem, boys. I, now that I know Bonton was there, I expect some in. <laughs> well, you should see Eddie's mouth is just watering right now. <laughs> uh, have a good show this afternoon, and uh, we'll probably see you tomorrow night, I guess. Yeah, you betcha. Have a good one. Hey, right, thanks, Greg. That's uh, Jason Greger from the uh, Jason Greger Show from... Two to six right here on 1440. Uh, That's uh, the puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, Once the weather hits seven degrees for seven days, it's a good time to get your tires changed at uh, Fountain Tire. Yes, uh, Edgar from Bonton Bakery just came into the studio about 10 minutes ago. 
and Eddie, the only thing that you're upset about is that it, he never came in on the break so you could start wolfing down these delicious treats that came in. Now, we're going to tell the story why Bonton Bakery is here when we come back right after the rake right here on Sports 1440. Oh, baby. Uh, here we go. Uh, Bonton Bakery. Edgar was just in. Uh, now, the reason why uh, Bonton came in... Uh, uh, about, I guess it's three weeks ago now, Eddie, when we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, three weeks ago. So we started talking for some reason with Speck, and Speck started saying, well, I used to work at Bonton Bakery on 149th. I was sweeping the floors, yada, yada. It was one of my first jobs. And Eddie goes, wow, I got engaged at Bonton Bakery. And here we are. Now I have sitting in front of me. Three big boxes of big goodies, two <laughs> uh, packages of cookies. Edgar from Bonton, wow! Yeah. Shout out to Bonton. Just uh, what a what a a great bakery, but b good people. You know, good well, people. Uh, you know, it's a family. Uh, you know, you, if you go back, if you go on the website, you'd see it goes back and how it kind of established itself in the neighborhood there on 149th, you know, one of the first businesses kind of in the area. It's actually an interesting article. I, I read about it. I'm not going to get into detail, but um, just the fact that they've been around a long time now, Edgar, Jerry kind of running it and things like that. When you go in, I mean, it's one of the few places you still got to go and get, uh, you got to get the number because yes, there's that many people. Ticket. There's got There's that many people waiting in line to get the baked goods and the breads. And, and you know, yesterday we were talking, Ladislav Schmini, he goes in there for the rye bread. Because it's like Czech, yeah, Republic, you know, yeah. where he's from. So now, Eddie, now you got to share it with Stephanie. And you say you're on a little bit uh, of a, you're, yeah. on a but you're not on a cleanse now. Oh, no, not with these here, you know. How, how could a guy be on a cleanse? But, uh, you know, as you tell me, the body is the temple. So I'm <laughs> very excited to see you dig into some of this. Oh, well, we'll I, you know what? There was those, uh, the cheese, uh, what do you call it? The monkey? The, the bread. monkey bread. I'll be, I think I, that's got one uh, kind of looking at me right now. So. <laughs> Uh, we've had a zillion texts come in um, from our conversation with Jason Greger and just even off the top uh, with the Oilers uh, down uh, to a record of one and three to start the season, uh, home to Winnipeg on Saturday night. Uh, Steve comes in at one 1440 Connor McDavid and Drysaddle don't look right. Dry is throwing hope passes from his backhand, not connecting. McDavid looks slow, doesn't have that determination. Uh, I don't know if we kind of agree on that I think uh, I think Connor McDavid is trying his best um, it's not going for him right now um, I'm not going to say he looks slow I but he doesn't look see that sharpest either. yeah I, I I think he's off a little bit but the whole team is off exactly the whole team is off and again um, when uh, and Greg's mentioned it, we touched off at, you know with Jay Woodcroft he, uh, he dropped the f-bomb in the uh in the media scrum last night. Uh, never really seen that before. Some texters saying that he's um, um, kind of maybe sending a message. I'm, I kind of agree in, in the sense that it's a little, it's, you know, that doesn't come natural to Jay in a, in a, in a news conference like he, and he's been a lot more emotional. Uh, we've seen more emotion from him in the past but he's never, you know, swore or anything like that. So, well, as we were chatting, you know, I said that's kind of uncharacteristic. Uh, and is that just a sign of he's feeling the pressure? They need to get the wins up, play I better. Think, but you said 
that that's calculated because he is a very well thought out guy and it makes sense that that would be something that he does actually calculated do calculatedly make that move and say that word it also what it does is it deflects off your team right you know so now we're, we're talking about it the fans are saying oh woody's upset this and that da, 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 da. what it does is it, it, it takes away from you know the what's under the magnifying glass here because it's a first for him, and that makes total sense. When you told me that, I started yeah. thinking from that perspective. Like, oh yeah, that man, these coaches—they think so in depth, and they think uh, about things on a different level than most people really don't even think about. Uh, from uh, JCD, Talkit gave every other team in the league a blueprint to beat the Oilers. Uh, adjust to the systems, or it's over. Um, Rob, uh, again, well here's Rob. So Woody dropped the f bomb in the post game scrum. He is. Upset. It's about time. That comes from Rob from uh, West Edmonton. Uh, a lot of texts coming in. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Excuse me. Um, Jamie says uh, uh, I've questioned Bouchard's puck IQ, IQ for a while. Um, he's. What's this say about Manson's uh, development with Bouchard? Uh, this is going to be talked about a lot, and I mean, I think even. I think I heard uh, Lotide talk about his Bouchard's demeanor, and even Jason Greger mentioned it. But I'm going to kind of throw this out there. When you see Evan Bouchard take a penalty um, that he doesn't agree with, um, what emotion do you see when he goes to the box? You see that anger and you frustration. See, you see him upset. It's you there. see it. So is it a case where you just have to kind of get it out of him a little more? Um, is that coaching? Is it personality? It might be a little bit of both. You mentioned about, and you you really got fired up when Greg said about getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. And with Bouchard, I don't think it's so much puck IQ, Kevin, because he is a really good offensive player. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, yeah, sure, he definitely has lapses. But again, it's that body language that effort though and sometimes he just looks like he's on coast mode and you need to play when I we talk about being uncomfortable we talk about doing things that you don't want to do but that are necessary to winning games when I was playing football no I didn't want to sprint 40 yards down the field to try and make a tackle on a receiver but the great teams the great players they do that. They swarm the football. The great hockey teams, they put out that effort, that rugged effort. You watch Vegas, and I hate to talk mm-hmm. about Vegas, but right now they're the cream of the crop. Stanley Cup champs last year playing good hockey. Their fourth line, look at how their effort is in the fourth line. Look at the effort in the first line. They all play this rugged style of hockey, and we've seen it in the Oilers, and it's frustrating for me because that's something that you personally can turn on. That's not something that the coach is responsible for. That's for the players to do. That's inside their locker room, and they need to be uh, in charge of turning it on. You know, this is almost an instant replay of what we talked about last Friday. I mean, you could take last Friday's show and put it on right now, take out Philadelphia, put in Vancouver from the Wednesday night game, the 8-1 loss, and everything we're saying is the same thing. So, again, it's not rocket surgery. Go out and play it hard. Play like it's your last shift. Just compete. Yes. I, I've brought this story up a few times uh, with Jason Strudwick when we went fishing about 15 years ago. And I said to him, I don't know if I told it with you, Eddie, but I said, why can't players play um, 
like it's, you know, their last shift, like it's a playoff game every night in the regular season. And he said right away, he goes, well, it's not sustainable. You just can't do it. That was over 15 years ago we had that discussion. and I, But now I go, there's so much parity in the league. All the teams that were like back when Struddy was playing, there was that little, there was a drop off of teams. So I don't know if that statement by Strud's holds true anymore. I just think that now if you're not ready every shift and every game, you're going to be falling behind just like the Oilers are right now. Exactly, because everybody is so good across the league. Uh, at this point in time with pro sports, it's evolved to a point where literally everybody is good. Everybody in the past has always been good, but athletes are a different breed now. And you can't just show up. You can't just be the talked about favored top five team and show up because you are going to get punched in the mouth game in and game out. And we're seeing that take place right now. Texter coming in from YYC. It's Wardle. Morning, Kevin and Eddie. Love the show. Awesome to hear sports radio again. Do you think the Oilers don't get, if the Oilers don't get going here, uh, would there be whispers of a coaching change? I'm not saying it's needed, but uh, just would like your take. I don't see it. Uh, I mean, we went through this already. Um, I mean, different regimes. I mean, Todd McClellan. uh, I mean, the players love Todd McClellan. Todd McClellan loved being here. There's, I mean, it's that simple. The players love. He's he's a players' coach. He's, uh, you know, had success in L.A. now, in the sense that he's taken them. Dave Tippett, that was that was the knee jerk reaction after what happened with Todd, and then to bring Jay in had great success. I I, I think that's way out there, and I, I there'd be no way I would see a coaching change at all. Yeah, no way, nothing, it, it, zero. I think if you you know you look on X or Twitter, uh, there'll be more than whispers. There'll be people screaming for <laughs> it. But in reality, is that a move that's even on the table? I don't think so. And if you look at Jay, since he's been the bench boss for the Oilers, his numbers are right up there in the league for tops in terms of mm-hmm. winning percentage, etc. So I don't even think that's something you would even entertain. But don't look at Twitter. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, from Jana, a longtime happy listener. Uh, we've seen this apathy from the team before. Almost every season has the Stanley Cup favorites gone to their heads and they're resting on their laurels. Well, you kind of heard it last, um, uh, you know, in the last few days. I mean, Jay Woodcroft was asked that. I believe it was from Speck, actually. It might have been even last night or the or two nights before. I, I, I think it's last night, yeah. It's hard to, you know, when you're, everything kind of blends together. But um, And Jay said, no, no. I mean, but it's, again, it's the stepping stones that you put in place right now for what happens down the road. And it's always, you're always building. You're always building. It kind of just dawned on me. I guess one of the biggest reasons why uh, people are so up in arms and the disappointment is so heavy, yeah, you're losing games, but I think you lost to Colorado, the Stanley Cup champs. Uh, you got far in the playoffs. Last year, you didn't get as far in the playoffs. You lost to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we call that regression? I'm not sure. But all the talk was how fired up they were going to be to compete and to yeah. prove it this year and to come out and to not even compete. We're not com- talking about losing 3-2 games. Yeah. We're talking about not even competing against teams that are supposedly bottom feeders. Not in the playoffs. So, you know, that, that's the bigger cause for concern in reality if you look at it from a bigger lens. Steps back, not steps forward. And it's a long season, but this ain't how you start it. Uh, hey, Duke, do you remember our uh, predictions for the first eight games of the year? Remember we looked at the... I remember making them, yeah. what we actually said. I, I said the Oilers would go 5-1-2, and two, or so, or 5-2-1, and one, sorry. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 5-2-1. Yeah. On one. paper. 
Well, yeah. again, you're playing Vancouver twice. You got Philadelphia. I mean, you're playing, you know, Minnesota's got a good team, obviously. Winnipeg. You know, you got paper, the Heritage. Because we, we went up. Remember, we went all the way to the Heritage uh, Classic, right? Right. Eight games. That's the end of the, end of October. And I think it was, yeah, 5-2-1. and one. I think you might have said 5-3. and three. Hmm. Smart guy. Smart guy, yeah. <laughs> well, you, now they got to rattle off some wins three. The rusty. Well, I'm not even. Right. I'm not even remotely <laughs> close. Um, anyway, we've got uh, Scott Taylor from Game On Magazine. We had him on last week, but kind of ran out of time. Mark Spector's uh, in transit right now, mm-hmm. flying from Philadelphia. Man, that would be a. And again, the Oilers flew last night. Got home whatever time, and a little texture two seventeen in the morning. Practice at one o'clock. Media. That's telling. To follow. It is very telling. Um, uh, before we get to uh, Scotty Taylor at uh, 8 o'clock for Game On Magazine, and we got a new, we're going to call it another segment instead of On The Mark. I got, I got one for you. Uh, time now for a sports update. Uh, brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke. 